Hey guys, welcome back to Cut Two Podcast. It's been a while, hasn't it, Caleb? What? Yeah, it has. It has. You want to tell our? Wait, what are you doing? What are you doing? Oh, I I'm starting the episode since you can't. Oh, this is it's weird. You want to tell our viewers why we've been gone for a few weeks? Well, it's been a few weeks, hasn't it? I it, it, has. fo- it I thought it was only two weeks. Well, it's been like three. What was the last thing we did? I think the last thing we did was... The real cut two. Yes. As a matter of fact, that was the last thing we did, which yeah. was a resounding success. Yeah, it was great. Thanks to Colin and Ben over at the Real Cinema Podcast, our mm-hmm. good friends now. I write for them now. Yeah, you write for... Uh, a lot of stuff has happened. During... It has, actually. Yeah, you got yeah. picked up over at Not Yet Rated picked up <laughs> i mean yes. yeah they yeah. picked you up out of the dust that movie viral left you in and dusted you off and put you to work i'm doing my thing which i can't talk about mm-hmm. um a new trailer dropped that is star wars is, yeah so a lot has happened let's 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 uh just jump in wherever you want to jump okay in. right so i guess first um let's talk about briefly um, a couple of the movies that have come out that we've seen and didn't get to cover. Oh yeah, sure. Uh, like The Martian, um, mm. that was great. That was a good movie. I enjoyed it. Um, a really great adaptation of the book. Um, a lot of criticism I've seen really surrounds the relationship between uh, Kate Mara and Sebastian Stan and their characters, um, which was kind of a throwaway. In the movie, um, and kind yeah, of in the it, book as well. I mean, they um, they they were suddenly just like very romantic towards the end of the film, and I'm just like, where did this come from? Right, right. I mean, I I am one of the individuals who did not read the book, so maybe it was fleshed out more in the actual book. It, it, it really wasn't. It was like Uh-oh. a thing. It was all about mutiny. Hmm. There was a, a theme about mutiny, and of course, they had to do, you know pull one of those to rescue Watney. And the why do we keep calling is it's Watney, right? Or is it Watney? I believe it's Watney. Okay. For some reason, I was always pronouncing it as Watney or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, there was a, that theme about mutiny and all that stuff, so that's what they had to do. Um, and But it was just totally wasted in the movie. Yeah, it was um, just, it felt like an afterthought, honestly. They could think, have taken that out from the movie and yeah, it wouldn't, wouldn't have changed yeah, nothing. Exactly. Do we think uh, Oscar noms for the movie? Maybe that's a tough question. I I think Matt's definitely going to get an Oscar nomination for Maybe. best actor. Yeah, I don't really think he'll win though. I don't think he'll win. He's either going to get an Oscar nomination or he's going to get a Golden Globe nomination. Maybe, I don't think. Yeah. I don't think he's going to get both. Yeah, one or the other. Maybe maybe Ridley Scott will be- get a best director. Mm, I doubt that. This is yeah. this was so safe for him and just so. It, it like... was. I mean, I, I will say that it is his best film in a long time because. The Counselor was terrible. Exodus, I didn't finish. I wasn't even... I didn't hate Prometheus, but I was very underwhelmed by it. So let's let's see what his next two films, how they do and how they perform before we say he's back, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I enjoyed it, and I'll definitely be revisiting it when it hits Blu-ray. Yeah, definitely. Um, you saw Sicario. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. didn't. How was yes. that? I've uh, Sicario's probably my my favorite 
film I've seen from the Oscar season thus far. I know some weren't as blown away by it as I were as I was, but I thought Emily Blunt um, did a remarkable job at playing both the victim and the heroine in the film. Mm-hmm. I thought that Benicio del Toro was mesmerizing. He Ooh, commanded mesmerizing. every scene. And actually, a lot of the film, he's in the background, but then he slowly, towards the course of the film, starts to creep closer and closer into the scenes, and he becomes more and more prominent. Mm-hmm. I mean, the last like, 15, 20 minutes with him, I mean, he really does de- deserve an Oscar nomination, and I want him to win an Oscar for this because it was... Oh my! I can't really say too much unless you've seen the film, but he really does deserve all the uh, praise he's getting. Um, and I just thought it was a very uh, hard-edged thriller, a hard-edged thriller that was done right. It wasn't too long. It didn't drag. It ended perfectly with a punch. And um, I hope more people see it as it expands. Yeah. I haven't seen that yet. Um, for me, like, there's sort of a statute of limitations um where if a movie has been out for so long um i just won't go to the movie theater to see it i'll wait to watch it uh at home um so sicario unfortunately uh, it was one i was looking forward to but i just didn't have the time Mm -hmm. to get to the theater so um that's that's one of the ones that i will have to wait and see uh crimson peak also came out uh that one the statute of limitations is running out uh, for me. I just, um, I don't, it's weird. You think I would care? It, it, it seems like the film, a film that I would enjoy. It's it's old school Victorian gothic horror. It's set in like the 1800s or something. And I love Del Toro, but. Did and you it's see also it? Get, and no, and oh. it's also getting good reviews. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't have an interest to see it in the theaters. I don't know why. I can't explain it. It's just not really tripping my trigger and what's funny is i've seen a few people on twitter say that while it's getting good reviews they've seen it and they weren't impressed Mm -hmm. so i don't know if critics are giving del toro a pass but i haven't from fans and critics i haven't necessarily heard praise about it which is why i guess i haven't run out to the theaters to see it okay um i was gonna go um maybe on a like a weekday or a weekend when the ticket prices weren't so high i might do that next week yeah let's talk about the star wars trailer now because that's a lot that's still hot you know it is still hot i Um, watch it i watch it every day i watch it twice i I have watched it every day yes and then there's a great video out on youtube that has the music uh from the Mm -hmm. trailer like isolated and it Mm -hmm. sounds really good um Mm -hmm. what do you why make it Sean Williams, man. Why are you making that noise? Oh, nothing. I just I love that music. Oh, okay. Don't, don't get weird on me. Mm-hmm. No promises. Okay. So that trailer, um, not was the coming of God. Yes, it was, Caleb. Uh, no, I wouldn't say it was the best trailer of the year. Oh no, I see people uh, saying that. And yeah, I'm just it like, wasn't. <laughs> it was a nice trailer. It was a satisfying trailer. Um, it was satisfying, yes, and it was it was nice in the fact that while it gave a little bit of like you know the story and what and some of our character motivations and everything, it also didn't give a lot away. Um, I think J.J. Abrams is great at cutting trailers that way. I mean, it it serves his mystery box filmmaking philosophy, um, 
and I think that's the way a lot of trailers should be is that you know they just tease a little bit of the story and not give so much of it away um and I know that's hard to do um but you know it, it's it's I think it's essential to just tease the story and not so much you know just put it all out there you know um but but I I, I think that uh I mean, whatever, whatever, I think it's working, whatever, because, you know, the movie, I guess this was going to happen anyway, but the movie is like, it's sold out everywhere. And um, so whatever, you know, JJ is doing with these trailers, it's obviously working. I mean, I, I don't think it's, it's probably just because it's Star Wars. Well, sure. But yeah. I, I mean, think it's... people are like, but I think people are liking what they're seeing. Death. I think it's uh, they're they're really uh, trying to sell the fact that you know this is a sequel to the original trilogy. This is with Harrison Ford, Mark mm-hmm. Hamill, Carrie Fisher, and I think nostalgia is definitely to play here with everyone's expectations. It's one of the reasons why everyone's getting so excited. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you know on Twitter, I think everyone's kind of like ripped the trailer apart. I'm still seeing new things like today. Um, I was I was looking at one of my tweets I posted the night the trailer came out the one about the Knights of Ren being the most badass secret society in all of the galaxy, and originally when I saw that image I just thought those were rocks like in the background but as I looked closer I saw that they were actually bodies I'm like oh my god um, so Lindsay Steele and I were talking earlier about that and and he uh, made the comparison uh, well I made the comparison I guess a lot of people have already made this comparison that. Kylo Ren is sort of like Anakin Skywalker, um, you know, and be- just because of the fact that when he's crazy, which is something I learned, I didn't know he was like a nutcase, um, but I guess you have to be if you're a Sith Lord, um, and he's also obsessed with Darth Vader, which is something that I did know. Um, so a lot of parallels between uh, this new trilogy and uh, well this one film in the original trilogy as well as the prequels already um and everyone's sort of already done a, a large analysis of what we've seen in this trailer as well as the poster that came out on uh sunday last sunday um so the, so the movie's out in like a month's time well a little bit, a little bit over that over a month what was it like 57 56 days i just it needs to come out now yeah it's like crazy i just want to make sure that i get to see the movie and it's not going to be well it is going to be chaotic i can't help that at all but i just i need to see this movie my showtime i thought i'm I'm an idiot i'm an idiot for getting a ticket that on thursday at seven i'm such an idiot for doing Uh, that i got my ticket for saturday the 19th at the uh, imax theater i mean no matter when we see it like it's going to be busy that whole uh, weekend yeah and I was expecting the tickets for that for that showing to sell out the night that they were released. So I had all my friends buy their tickets like, guys, we have to do this like right now or else they're going to sell out. Yeah. And they didn't sell out until yesterday. Um, so the 17th, I mean, yeah, the 17th, the 18th, and now the first two showings on the 19th, which is the day I'm going, are all sold out. And usually that museum, the... Uh, the air and space annex called the um, Udvarhazy Center. They don't usually sell out um, unless it's like a huge movie like The Dark Knight 
or Interstellar actually sold out. I think that's because Warner Brothers actually like you know, pup you know pushed that for people to go see it in like IMAX. You know, seek out a real IMAX theater and go watch it on film. Um, I think that's the only reason that those show times were really selling out like that. Um, but this one just I guess it, because it's Star Wars and it and and it's really oh, paying yeah. off. It's really paying off for IMAX. The they made six point five million in ticket sales so just, already. Just ridiculous. Just ridiculous. Um. And we were talking earlier, you said that there's a projection that the movie will make $700 million. Yes, the uh, the first prediction for the film has come out, and um, I don't want to just say the site. Let me pull it up real quick. Da, 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 da. So box office, boxoffice.com is saying that... Um, I think it's boxoffice.com. I don't see my retweet anymore. Did they delete it? They probably maybe they did. Oh, that, no. Here oh, it is. Here it is. is. Okay, you found so, it. So, boxoffice.com says that they are projecting the film right now with hype and the ticket sales the pre uh the ticket sales that went on sale this Monday. All that into consideration, they are projecting that the film will make roughly around 215 to 220 million it's opening weekend and then end around 700 to 750 million in domestic numbers that's not worldwide they're saying it could make 700 million just in the united states so if it makes 700 million in the united states it's opening oh that's the the entire run a that would be um jurassic world domestically as the largest film of 2015 and if it opens with 215 to 220 it would also beat jurassic world as the biggest opening weekend weekend of all time oh wow and um they the to some these may seem like steep numbers but i think people are over underestimating sorry people are underestimating the factor of nostalgia when it comes to this film. Everyone, mm-hmm. everyone is going to see this, not just because it's Star Wars, but because Luke is back. Harrison Ford is back as back as Han. You have Carrie, F- the whole original cast is back. Except think- for Kenny Baker, who played R2-D2. I don't know where he is. I don't know either, but who cares, really? Uh, Wow, okay. Uh, so I think Rude. this is going to be huge, and we shouldn't under- underestimate this film. Like, it's going to be massive. Well, I think it could easily do a billion domestic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> oh, God. <clears throat> I need a drink of water. I need a lozenge. As Hillary said last night, she was coughing up a storm. <laughs> <laughs> I need a lozenge. <laughs> I love Hillary. Oh, my God. Okay. Um. Why, why are you laughing? I don't know. Just because Hillary is just bae. Ew. <laughs> you should have seen her in HD. Oh, mm-hmm. God. Damn, girl. Give it oh. <laughs> I was so embarrassed for her. Okay. She's having a hard time running. Bernie's kicking her ass. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Let's not get into politics on this show. Sorry. We might trigger people. Well. Yeah. Anyway, um, so let's move on. Anything else happened? We had the season finale of Rick and Morty, which was really like emotional. I cried. No, I didn't, but it was really emotional. Ooh, wee. 
Ooh wee. <laughs> god, I hate myself. Mr. Poopy Butthole. Oh my god. He's great. Oh, yes. Yeah. So uh I guess it's uh it's that time. It is. Steve Jobs. Yes. That was a movie. It was. Um, it's probably the worst movie I've seen in. You quite gave some it four stars on Letterboxd. It was, it was fantastic. It it it's one of the few Oscar um, films this season thus far that has lived up. Why, to the Why are people saying, "Oh, it's an Oscar film"? It is an, an Oscar. Oscar. Film. No, any film that's released from September to December is an Oscar film. Oh, so I guess Crimson Peak is an Oscar film. Uh, Ghostbusters is getting nominated for Best Picture. What do you mean, Ghostbusters? Sorry, Goosebumps. And Paranormal Activity, The Ghost Dimensions, an Oscar how, film? How is that franchise still a thing? Like, Because they make just... money. They make money. But so you like... can't, so let me, so you cannot go and say Steve Jobs is an Oscar. You can't classify a movie as an Oscar film. It is, though. It's you can Oscar. say it's Oscar bait, it Oscar but it's not like specifically made for the Oscars. Oh, but it is. Come on. They, Come on. No. They made this film. Because Danny wants to get nominated for Best Director. Who? Michael wanted Oh, Danny Boyle. Yeah, Mr. Danny Butt Boyle. Oh, wow. Butt Boyle. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, so... Would you like to give your review? I mean, we can just you know discuss this movie. Yeah, I don't think sure. it needs to be really a, a review. I mean... Yeah, sure. Ooh-wee! Oh, stop. <laughs> sorry. <clears throat> I've had a lot of caffeine today. I have had none. Um, so, like, I, I really liked Steve Jobs. I liked it um, a lot, really. Um, I just had a couple of problems with it, um, mostly because... So I was reading about it um, leading up to release, and I it was like, you know, it's going to be set at three, you know, product launches. And I was really excited because I wanted to see uh, Michael Fassbender, you know, sort of try to recreate some of you know the genius of Steve Jobs when he was presenting these products at these keynote addresses I mean that's why I used to watch those Apple um, Apple events because Steve Jobs was just a master yes of public speaking and and just he was just so well he portrayed himself as being you know so in love you know with with his company and with the products and he just believed in them you know his his whole thing is um well it was for a couple uh, a couple uh uh products it was like you know how does it work he's like you know it's apple it, it just works you know it's like magic you know it just it just works he didn't need to explain it like that's how he explained that's how he explained it it's like it just works so i would have liked to see some of that um i think one of the mistakes was not and I've said this before, um, but I guess it didn't even matter because we never really saw him present one of the keynotes. But they could have, you know, ended the movie maybe at the iPhone, which is kind of what I would wanted them to do. Yeah, um, because like, who who cares about his one? I mean, I, I guess it really served the purpose of the movie and the story to show his Especially biggest with the daughter. Yeah, his biggest failure, um, which was the. The, the next black box thing 
um, which I had no idea about before this movie. I Me learned a neither. lot. I learned a lot about you know the Me history too. of Apple and, and Steve Jobs. Um, and Soli, John Soli. Yeah, John. Yeah, you know, I didn't. I had no idea who he was. Same. <laughs> and I and I, I had no idea who. Um, I didn't know his ex girlfriend was like a crack addict. I didn't. What was that well, even in the movie? In the movie, he briefly says when his daughter's like eighteen. He's like, oh, your mother sold her house for like a few crack rocks, and then soup. Oh. <laughs> and I was laughing. I was, I thought this movie was hilarious, and I was like one of five people in my showing, but I actually laughed. I got the stylist joke, by the way. Yeah, I loved that. Wasn't it great? Yeah, and that was that was his whole thing. That's why there were no styluses for like the iPod and 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 the and iPhone. Now there is. Uh... And the iP. Yeah, now there is. Unfortunately. Womp womp. Um. Yeah, but. Uh. I didn't. I didn't even know about this. Jo- Joanna Hoffman, uh, oh, Kate Winslet Kate played her. Winslet. She was great. I'm Kate Winslet. Wizard. Yeah, and like, and and she had this uh this accent that I didn't even hear like in the trailers, but I heard it. You know, as we got through the movie, like maybe towards the end of the second scene, and that's so strange. There's only three scenes. Mm-hmm. Isn't that weird? It is weird. It is weird. It's like I liked it though. It's like a three act I, play. I, I, yeah, exactly. And I thought I would get bored by it, but honestly, the film went by extremely fast. Fast, like the mm-hmm. the the pace was constant, and I it it for the most part it never dragged for me, and I was just a little bit taken aback how well it worked. I'd like to see other movies use this format. I mean, it it certainly made for an interesting watch because it differentiates itself from other biopics. Which this isn't really a biopic. I mean, this is just about someone who existed in real life and what may have happened behind the scenes at launches. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of some of it is very true, but yes. a lot of it was, you know, dramatized and there's a lot of creative liberty. I mean, his taken. wife is not not his wife, his ex-girlfriend. Well, is it his wife? It's either his she wife, was... his wife, his widow, or his ex-girlfriend who had who they had the daughter. Mm-hmm. It's one Lisa. of those two Yes, it's one of those two women who are very unhappy with this film. Either the uh I think it's his uh his second wife. Okay, okay. The one he actually had other children, children with because he did have other children. It wasn't just Lisa. Mm-hmm. And actually I think at the time of I think I read somewhere that at the time of the IMAC launch he had those other children, but the, this movie made it seem like they didn't exist. Mm-hmm. It, it really did. I didn't um, go home and Wikipedia it. Yeah. Um, wow. So, yeah, just... Uh, did What did you think of, uh, of uh, Seth Rogen as Steve Wozniak? I mean, the performance was great, but the character, for performance me... Performance was great, but the character really served no interest in the He was the just film. one very one-dimensional, and he showed up at every launch asking for the same thing. Thing, yes. It's Give like them acknowledgement. A broken record. Acknowledge Apple II. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get that. Like, well, Apple II was. No, 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 no. I know. I okay. Please don't insult my intelligence. <laughs> I'm an Apple fan. I have everything. I even have one of those fucking failed PDA things. Oh God, Caleb. I don't have one of those. Good. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, no, no. But you know, I know about the Apple II. It's just that I didn't get you know, why he kept showing up and begging for this thing. Like he knew that Steve wasn't going to give it. 
and I feel like they could have used Wozniak a little bit. I mean, he had some great, you know, monologues. There was that one at the second launch when they were in the pit, and yeah. Steve was like being so con. He's like, "You have any idea how condescending that was?" Yes. Like that was great, but the character, like outside of that, like shut the fuck up, dude. Yeah. And Andy, the last in the last launch with Andy, and he, he Jobs is like, "Oh, you did it because of blah blah blah," and I think what. Steve accused him of was uh, saying that his daughter should go to therapy because um, she needed a strong male role model. Mm-hmm. And, and then he quietly like sits there for a few minutes and then confirms to Steve, yes, that's exactly why I told her she should go to therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, see, there's there's very dramatic moments. Let me just say that Michael Stuhlbarg, the guy who played um, uh, Andy Hertzfeld, he could play... Um, he could play what's that guy's name? Uh, Devin Faraci <laughs> in like a, a a a movie about you know film blogging. Yes, I I wouldn't even include Steve, Devin Faraci in the movie. I, oh, you know I would I would include Devin Faraci, but I would only include him so that we could show that he got beat up at Comic Con by someone. I'd like to see a drama to drama. Can I not speak today? No, you can't. Drama. A dramatization. Yes, dramatization. Jesus, Connor. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you think that Fassbender and Winslet are going to get nominations or? Because um, I'm pretty confident that Sorkin's going to get a nomination for best screenplay. Best adapted screenplay. Adapted, yes. Um, yes, yes for, uh, yeah, I can, I, yeah, I see them getting nominations. I do too. I don't know. I, um, I don't I, see Jeff Daniels or Seth no. Rogen might get a supporting actor. I doubt it. Um, just cause he was in it for 10 minutes. But I mean, who? Seth Rogen. You doubt Seth Rogen will get one? I really do. If he does, God bless him. I mean, he was he was very good in the movie, but I don't. I just doubt that they're going to give him a nomination. I, I think might. it doesn't matter if Fassbender gets nominated though, because who knows? It could turn out to suck. But Leonardo's new film, I think this is going to be the one that finally nabs him his Oscar. I mean, he did an interview the other day, and he's like, "I was eating bison liver." Like this guy. We need to stop him. He, he he's going to extreme lengths now just to get his Oscar. Didn't he say he like slept inside of dead animals? Yes, he was like, I've slept in animal carcasses, and I'm like, dude, you need to calm down. We get it. You want an Oscar? It's getting a little bit ridiculous. I think he'll win this year. I I I hope so. I mean, he deserves it just for his body of work. Collectively, mm. not even this one film. Yeah, but I mean, I do think Fast. Yeah, his, his 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 tenure on uh, Growing Pains was some of the best television I've Exquisite. ever seen. <laughs> it was inspired. <laughs> um. Oh, hey. Uh, what about Danny Boyle's use of like, uh, you know, sixteen millimeter, thirty five, and then digital? It was so. It was good on him. Good on him. That was I. That was a nice little touch. It was unnecessary and only he could think to do that but in retrospect thinking about the film it really was smart because there was a grainy that graininess to the 1984 scenes that really made it feel like it was set 
1984. Mm -hmm. And then what he used what for 88? Uh, 35. Which was a little bit more crisper, but still grainy. And then you could tell in the scene set in 1998 that it was digital. Mm -hmm. And I think it worked. It was a nice little touch. Um, it was a nice touch. And, but, and we talked after I saw the movie. Um, did you agree about the transitions? I, you know what? So for those who haven't seen it, uh, there are transitions in between the three scenes Mm -hmm. and it's like the end of a film role or a film or film real, like burning up. Sort of, and, and then they have like a montage of like what's happened between the launches. Like, oh, Steve Jobs Macintosh kind of was a failure, and then you have all these uh, stock footage of uh, anchors talking about Apple and its stock before it's you know, basically setting up the next launch. Yeah, I actually didn't mind it. I actually thought it was very stylish, kind of cool. Um, it it did kind of take you out of the film for a second though, but. I think it also gave the film some character. It kind of set itself apart from other films. But in the end of the day, yes, it kind of did for a second take you out of the film. But what about, I made the point that they were sort of, to me, like the burning up of the film reels seemed to almost just serve the purpose of pointing out the fact that he was changing um, platforms or formats. Um, which I thought was kind of pointless, because I mean, if you don't, if you didn't know that going in, it's like, oh, why is this? Happening? Yeah, because yeah. it's weird to like show like a film reel burning up in a movie about a tech genius like Steve Jobs. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I sort of felt like kind of jerked off by this movie as well, because we're like sort of like Godzilla, where you're building up to all this stuff, and then you cut away from the action. Mm. You know, did you feel that sort of? You know, not I mean, I don't know if you were like, you know, a huge fan of, you know, Steve Jobs and, and his I presentations him for all his his um, achievements when mm-hmm. it came to Apple. And he was a mastermind at public speaking. But mm-hmm. I don't since his since his um, launches were so well known, I feel like it was it would have been kind of pointless to just have Michael mm-hmm. Fassbender just I mean, not a whole one, you know, but just like maybe a maybe. piece of one. I didn't need it, though. I really no. didn't. I didn't. I was okay with them not showing mm-hmm. any snippets of uh, Fassbender as Jobs doing these um, these event launches out mm-hmm. in front of a crowd. It would have been nice, and maybe we would have gotten a bit more of Steve as a person. Because here's one of my complaints with the film. While it's great, the cast is phenomenal. 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 God, I cannot speak to it. I know. Uh, Sorkin's screenplay was witty. I loved it. There was some great dialogue. Fastbender, Winslet, they were fantastic. And I loved the rapport between those two. It carried this film. Saying all that, though, I feel like we only got a glimpse into Steve as a person. I feel oh. like we only scratched the surface. I feel like we got a very well-rounded view of the world of Steve Jobs, but not necessarily the character himself. We saw him dealing with his ex-girlfriend and his supposed daughter. We saw him dealing with all his his past friends, his current friends, but we never got to like actually reflect and really dive into what made Steve tick. I mean, we know he was very 
He, he loved control. He was very particular about execution. I just feel like the film could have de delved a little bit more into what made Steve Jobs tick and him as a, you know, as a person. I just, I feel like it focused more on the world of Jobs. And that, you kind of you kind of have to focus on the world of Steve if you're going to set up a film about him, mm -hmm. but focus on uh, event launches, product launches. Yeah. So that's really me nitpicking, but I just wanted a little bit more of that. So you want to know what kind of shampoo he used or <laughs> what kind of coffee he drank. Exactly. He drank. Exactly. Mm -hmm. oh, okay, yeah. Sort of like the new Muppets television show. Oh, my God. Which is great. comes on Tuesdays on ABC before Agents of Shit. Yeah. So, wow. So, uh, did you see the uh, the other Steve Jobs movie, the one with uh, Ashton Kutcher? I did not. Should I? I? Didn't, I don't know. I didn't see it either. But I I'm heard sorry, it was I, pretty crappy. I don't know. I didn't see it. I mean, Ashton looked a lot like Steve in that movie, but... Oh, and let's talk about that for a minute. Like, at f you know, when they first, they first casted um, Christian Bale as Steve Jobs, and I'm like, okay, wow, yeah, he looks a lot like Steve Jobs. And then he, like, dropped out or something, and then they cast Fassbender. And I'm like, uh, Fassbender, what? And tr it's true, you know, he didn't really look like Steve Jobs starting out. But in that final scene, he was like, he looked and sounded. He, uh, throughout the whole movie, he sounded like Steve Jobs, you know. Mm -hmm. he, he, didn't, he, didn't, he never really looked like him until the iMac launch. They got the... The black turtleneck and the jeans and the white T-shirts. I think he even like got he. I think he even nailed his uh, Steve's walk. But I think they also aged him a bit too much for that scene. Mm. Let me look at Steve. Get pulled. Uh, yeah, picture. I looked at pictures of Steve from '98, and they got it pretty closely. They did. Maybe they could have darkened his hair a little bit more, but for the most part, that's what he looked like in '98. And you see, he had brown hair. Yeah, it was a little bit. It was more like salt and pepper, not straight up, almost gray. No, no, it was brown. Mm. It was definitely brown. And he didn't wear a black turtleneck and jeans for the launch. That's another thing. He he These wore. Are, this is really nitpicking, though. He wore a shirt and. and I mean, a, a I didn't jacket. feel like I didn't feel like Fastbender. He didn't really look like Jobs, but he did such a great job at transforming into Steve, at least Sorkin's interpretation of Steve, mm -hmm. that it didn't it didn't matter to me that he really didn't resemble and uh, resemble Jobs, and that's what an actor's supposed to do. He's supposed to transform into actors are supposed to transform into roles, no matter if they look like that person or not. And mm -hmm. if you believe them as that characters, no matter if they look, oh, like I definitely that believed or not, it. Then they did a good job. Yeah, I'm just like they could have, you know, resembled, you know, they could have. I don't know, you know. What? And let's talk about another thing that they could have sort of glossed over: the fact that Steve Jobs uh, was responsible for, you know, Pixar. Where would they have put it though? Especially if they were going to just focus on three launches. They should have talked about the launch of Toy Story because, you know, if it, was, if it wasn't for Steve Jobs, we wouldn't have Toy Story. So. Well, then this movie would have been three hours. It should have been. It really should have been. I would have not sat in the theater for three hours. Y you would have. If, I would have maybe were... sat through 20 more minutes. The movie was already... Oh, wait. Yeah. But yeah, 20, like two yeah, 20, hours. Yeah, yeah, 20 more minutes would have been... And it was a fast two hours. It was. It as really soon as was. I sat down and the, the movie was over, I'm like, I just sat down. But I was kind of <laughs> glad because the, theaters, the, the theater I went to, it was like... It was, it was big, but it's like the way they had the seating and the seats were kind of comfortable, but they were like too close together so there wasn't a lot of 
legroom. And like as soon as I sat down, like ten minutes into the movie, I'm like, I need to get up and like move. But then, I had to pee, but then the so movie I missed, was like, yeah, I missed. You drank that margarita. Shut up. I had a Jack missed, and Coke during mine. But. I missed a little bit of the scene with Seth and Michael in the second launch, but it's okay. Oh, oh, you left the movie theater. No, but but I saw a clip of that scene and and I timed it perfectly. I had to pee, so right as they were going into the scene that I already saw online a minute of, I quickly raced and got back there. But you, so you, I didn't miss anything. But you left. I did, and I never do that, but I really had to pee. You left. I did. You left the theater. I did. You're a piece of shit. Oh, fuck off. Hey, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about, uh, the, the two, I want to talk about two of the actresses that played Lisa. Uh, the first little girl. Oh, she was, she was really cute. I left her little accent. And then, uh, let's talk about, uh, the girl who played the older version of his daughter at 19. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. Um, who is she? And how do I uh, become friends with her and eventually uh, marry her? Because she is beautiful. That girl. Wow. Don't you agree? Yeah. Sure. Don't say no. You don't. You Absolutely. don't. You don't remember her, do you? The girl who played the daughter at nineteen. Mm-hmm. I saw it last night. Of course, I remember. I just really don't have anything to say. What do you mean you don't have anything? She was to say? an attractive woman. I don't know what you want me to say here. Oh, just support my wanting to find her and get well, to know her. That's a little bit creepy, but all right. Sure. What do you mean? What? I mean, it's a little she bit. She could odd. be the one. Oh no, Caleb, she's too good for you. What? Yeah, she's Excuse like a me? ten. You're like a three. So. Oh so, wow. Sorry about it, bro. Oh. <laughs> oh, you just want me for yourself. You're disgusting. Wow. Uh-huh. How dare you? Sorry about it. Try to keep me from the one. Jesus Christ. Anyway, her name is uh, Perla. Mm. What a beautiful name. Yeah, like a pearl. Yeah, just like a pearl. She's a precious pearl. Anyway, uh, so you gave it a five, I mean a four star uh, rating on Letterboxd. <laughs> and then your in your review, you gave it an eight out of ten. Please stop doing that. I gave it four and a half stars, so I'm better than you. Okay. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I did. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, that's great. Um, I'm going to see it again. Oh, you are? Not in theaters. I'm probably oh, going to yeah, buy I'll it. Yeah, I'll watch it again on late. Yeah, I'll buy it. I'll buy it on I'm movie. not going to buy um, The Martian, though. I, I don't know. We'll see. I'm we'll not see. really into buying movies anymore. I just don't know yet. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, so that's playing this weekend. Yes, and uh, Steve you know, Jobs. See, guys, like I was a little bit shocked how dead my screening was. Uh-huh. Maybe they're just not marketing this enough. But like, no, it's getting plenty of marketing. Then why were there five people in there? Because you live in Texas. Wow, wow, one of the biggest states of the country, and well, you're going to say that to me. You also have one of the biggest population of stupid people. Oh my God! You being one of them. <gasps> Sorry about that. Hey, Leb. Sorry about it. Wow, it's okay. You're, just You're welcome. You're a three out of ten. I don't know about that. It's not what you were saying the other day. Uh, um, yeah. Oh, one more thing before we go. Let's talk about the uh, the total film interview that came out. I didn't read it. Yeah. Know, Batman of v Superman. You didn't. Well, I I've been busy. Yeah. You know, I had a, a yeah. and I had eleven hour uh, hearing yeah. to cover yesterday at work. <laughs> and then I had to sleep today. 
you know, and eat and do other things. But you read it. Why don't you tell us about it? I wrote a article about it, actually. Oh, you did? Um, you know, it wasn't as revealing as Empire's article that they put out in this this past summer was. But it there was a few tidbits. Um, Jesse Eisenberg actually read for a completely different role. We don't know which. I I tend to think that maybe he read for Scott McNary's role. Scoot McNary. Scotty Scoot. No, it's Scoot. Scotty Scoot. Okay. <laughs> I think he read for Batman. Oh, oh that would have been interesting. Wait, wait, Jesse. Mm-hmm. Oh, come on, bullshit. Mm, yeah, I think he, he has a chop sword. I think he could have done it. There was a lot of quotes from Gal Gadot. Um, mm-hmm. She has about a month before filming begins. Um, ben Affleck said that he wanted his physique to look more like a football player or a UTC. UTC? UFC. UFC. Mm-hmm. A UFC fighter than just someone who was completely shredded. Now, here's a question. Do you think that they built muscles into the suit sort of a little bit? I'm, I'm or sure Or do you think did. that's actually him and Henry? I'm sure, I'm sure they did, although I've seen pictures because when the, filming and Ben really did gain a lot of muscle I mean, mass. Yeah, he did. But, I mean, when you look at the pictures of the suits, when they have those dummies inside of them, the suits still have those, has the, you well, know, the muscular, course. you know, what's your thing, Major? What, yeah. What do you, is that like picture magic or what is that? I think they just mold the muscles on there and then expand a little bit. Um, yeah, definitely. The film takes Imagine place. having pecs that big. God, that would be so scary. It's like having boobs. Oh, my God. I need a bra for my pecs. The film takes place 18 months to two years after Man of Steel. Uh, Zack Snyder spent five months straight up just drawing this whole film. I guess he, like, storyboarded the whole film. Um Jesse Eisenberg thought the shooting of the movie felt more more like a Jane Campion movie. I don't have you seen any Jane Campion movies? I don't uh, even know. Who that uh, is. Are you pronouncing the name properly? I don't know. Look look her up. Jane Camp I O N. Um yeah, no, I've never The Piano. Yeah, I don't I haven't No, I don't think I've ever seen uh a movie by her. Yeah, no, 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 I've never. But yeah, it was just just a lot of quotes about filming and and how they were approaching this and what they're doing with the rest of DCEU. Um, Affleck put to rest that there was really no competition between him and Henry, at least nothing seriously. They trained with two different people from two different um, athletic groups. I think Henry does Jim Jones. I don't know who Ben trained with. Um but he uh, he said that it wouldn't have mattered even if they tried because Henry has a movie over him already. He's done mm-hmm. this once before. Yeah. But yeah, it, not a lot was revealed, but it definitely gives an idea that WB's pretty serious about this. I mean, they're kind of in a strange position because if this all falls apart, they kind of have all their cards on the table out right now. So they are basically, they're vulnerable. So if they flop, it's basically over. Mm. So we'll just see how Batman v Superman performs and Wonder Woman and Suicide Squad. I'm sure we'll be getting a lot more interviews and T 
TV spots and posters and pictures and trailers in the next few months. I mean, it's crazy to believe we're we're finally just five months away. Still too long of a wait. It is, though. Yeah. So that does it for this episode of Cut to Podcast. Uh, Thank you for listening. And we'll be back next week with another exciting episode. I have been your co-host, Caleb Hamilton, at CalebH92 on Twitter. And I am Connor Barons at Connor Film on Twitter. Yes. Uh, so, uh, we're back. Yay! Yay! Yeah. All right. Bye-bye.